Welcome back to Nortex Radio, episode 39. Um, we've had a little break. We've been working on things. Um, we're going to bring you some better content. And as you can tell, if you're watching, you will soon learn if you're listening. We've added to the addition. We got Mr. Lars to help us. So uh, still follow the same teams, except for basketball, kind of a little thunder guy, whatever. But your star's content's about to get real fucking deep with Lars on here. Um Lars, tell everybody what's up, a little bit about you. Hey, guys. Uh, I'm Lars. I'm out of Oklahoma as well. A big DFW sports fan. Have been forever, as long as I can remember, uh, since watching the Cowboys as a kid. Always been a Cowboys fan. Um, and then, of course, got in hockey, big Stars fan, you know, because we were at the peak in the 90s, you know, when I was really getting into, into sports. So, you know, 90s Stars, 90s Cowboys, so not much better. And then, uh, you know, Rangers, of course, because of proximity. And uh, I'm lived and died by the Rangers, those uh, World Series champs, you know, years that we had the chance, I should say, um, <laughs> back when I was in college, following those pretty heavy. So, oh, yeah. Big so All the DSW sports, uh, gets as many games as I can whenever I can, and uh, just love, love talking Dallas, Dallas sports. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, just another brain in the fucking piece. So, we're going to produce a lot more content now. Uh, got more eyes on more things. So it's about to get a whole lot better. We're about to take off real quick. But uh, getting this episode started, uh, little Cowboys. Um, first thing I saw was uh, the single shell is no more. Uh, NFL had the rule back in like 2012. Only one fucking helmet. Stupid as shit, my opinion. Um but now we get the throwbacks, we get the whites back, uh, that beautiful white helmet with that blue star, Thanksgiving Day. Um, I'm excited about it. But that's that's the first thing I saw for the Cowboys this week for me. But I don't know what y'all's take is on it, but I don't know, I don't know why we fucking stopped, but that helmet is beautiful. It's a good it's, helmet. It's a, it's a tradition. It's Thanksgiving tradition, you know? Like, it just feels... It's gonna, it's gonna make the holiday just feel more legitimate, you know. Getting those helmets back, um, just too many years, you know. Everything with that just kind of just being a staple, you know, on the television. So it's great to have that that back, and then I hope we'll get the, the matching jerseys to go with it, and uh, should be should be good times. It's it's nice. I mean, I know a lot of other teams around the year or around the league are getting some alternate helmets as well. Those look pretty sweet, but I, yeah, you know, it's hard hard to beat the uh, whole. Thanksgiving throwbacks to me, in my opinion. So, yeah, you do you do feel the Thanksgiving on it, like as a Cowboy fan, you see that helmet, you're like, hell yeah, Thanksgiving Day. Let me go stuff my fucking face, like it's beautiful. It does scream it. What were you about to say? Yeah, Connor? it's wild. It's just it's wild to me with all the like the way that pro sports move nowadays. Like it's such a big deal to get an alternate helmet, like. It, it is also crazy to me, like, the last thing that I – like, the last person that I remember wearing that was, like, Miles Austin, which is nuts. Like, it's been that long. It's been a long time, yeah. Like, and, that's uh, great. Yeah, and, you know, like, the colleges are doing it every week. They're doing a different helmet. Yeah, I think – NFL does one throwback once a week. I mean, they're just mm – -hmm. I mean, they really are just in love with their brand, and I, I get that. Like, I mean, NFL is just – the money making business is a brand. All these teams are just brands, and uh, and so they they do they just kind of hold on to 
whatever's working there. It's minor tweaks. You're never going to get that kind of, you know, Jersey, you know, revolution that, you know, you're seeing in the college ranks that you see, you know, like with, you know, new threads and new material, that kind of stuff. Like the NFL, it's, it's just all, I mean, look at our division rivals, like yeah. what, what, you know, what the commanders are doing, that's like an entire rebrand to get new costumes, you know, yeah. <laughs> everything else has been the same for decades. What blows my mind though, is like, you, like you say, like they got a brand, they want to be proud of that brand. Like, but I mean, you look at other sports, you look at, you look at baseball, you look at the Yankees, the Cubs, the Red Sox, like they got their brand. That's what they rock. Year in, year out, nothing fucking changes. But baseball, football, I mean, you do the same. Like, your Cowboys, your Niners, like, they don't get too wild. We might have one throwback. But, like, if you look at a game, say whenever they were doing, like, alternates, they were doing helmets, like, everything, your fans that love that shit, they're going to buy it. You throw that in the pro shop, you throw it online, they're going to buy it. So I don't know why, especially NFL, all they care about is the money. Why wouldn't you promote that? Like, all that is is more money in the pocket. I can't believe I just said that, that I'm saying, hell yeah, make more money because they're assholes about it. But you put a new jersey online or in the pro shop, that shit's going to sell like fucking crazy, no matter what the team. Yeah, for sure. And if you notice, Tim, the the few teams that have been doing kind of the most radical jersey changes are the ones that – you know, have been in the bottom. Like the Jags have gone through yeah. multiple helmet changes, you know, the past five years, jerseys changed a lot more often. And the good you kind of you kind of expect that from you know a team that's yeah. been so perpetually bad. Um, yeah. but and, and like I'm with you. I just you know you got those main brands, you know, like the Yankees and Red Sox, so you know those are you know, for baseball and the Cowboys like that for, for football, obviously. So yes, yeah, so our stuff is iconic. Um but, yeah, I mean, have, having a throwback, giving some other options to the fan. And it really is just to bring – my thing is you want to grow the game, right? Yeah. You want to bring more people into the fold. You want to bring, you know, more jersey options. You know, you bring in – which, I mean, the NFL doesn't fight it. The NBA does it a bunch. I mean, the NBA – I feel like the NBA is dropping a new city uniform every yeah. two weeks. You know, like just giving, giving everyone something else to buy. And then it just gives you more options, you know, as far right. as, oh, like some people may be drawn to the team, like, oh, I really like that that jersey. Or, hey, I really like, you know, that design that they're doing. You know, and it's, it's, if you can grab more eyes with it, and especially younger eyes, I mean, it it cannot hurt your, your brand no. at all. And I know? think that's one thing that even, I mean, if we're talking jerseys, like, like baseball, they've been doing the City Connects or City Editions. Like, they're pretty cool, most of them. But – like, and that is drawing younger fans into it. But, I mean, also, especially, like, like baseball, you got 162 games. I say, if you want to rock a throwback, anytime, whatever, you have 162 games, you could literally wear every jersey your team has ever wore and still have 130 games of your standard uniform that's, like, your official for that year. Like, yeah. I, think, I think baseball should wear them more often. But I love it. I mean, obviously, like, especially, like, your, your marquee names, like, they have those staples. Like, you know what that is. You see Yankee hats everywhere. Like, everybody mm-hmm. knows that shit. That's cool. But especially if you are trying to grow the game, but like, it's neat to see them change it up every once in a while, wear something different. Like, instead of the same shit mm-hmm. day in, day out. 
Yeah, the Stars really use that when they do their blackout jerseys. I mean, if you look at the games that, that they do, the black eye jerseys are, they're at home and peak, peak, peak days and primetime games, right? So, like, uh, if you're getting a Saturday night game on TNT, you're getting the blackout jersey. Yeah. So, it's what's going to happen because people like it. It's new. It's different, you know, and you're, you're getting – again, you're trying to draw in, in more people. Um, I think a lot of – I think a lot of the hang-on, like, for the tradition is that – especially for, like, you know, the – older like your execs is that they don't want if you keep the same uniform then if your game is on tv people know that you're playing right it's so like the idea is that if i can if i can just turn on if i just walk into a bar and look up at the tv i know if the yankees are in that game because yeah. i got the pinstripes or they got the same look they've had for 50 years now does that necessarily grow the game more yes and no but you know if you're trying to get eyeballs if 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 you know that your brand is attracting people and you keep your brand the same, you know, so that, you know, people are like, Oh yeah, that's, that's the Yankees game. That's why everyone always says the Yankees game, right? If you're talking about like, if you're like, Oh, if you look at the TV, Oh, what game is that? You're going to say the Yankees game, not whatever team they're playing because that's the iconic jersey you grab onto. Yeah. But I do think with the NFL, the popularity of the NFL is, is just so much higher than every other league that you can, to me, you can get away with not with, expanding that branding a little bit. Oh, definitely. And, and you're not losing any viewership. Like, the eyeballs will be there regardless. Especially with fantasy football, especially with the Red Zone channel, you're going to get the eyeballs. So, drawing more people. I don't know. Like, yeah. I'm not saying I want a radical change of the Cowboys jerseys because I love them since I was a child. No, I, and, so and I, I agree <laughs> right there. Like, like I love – and that because, I mean, out of the four teams we got in DFW, I mean, that's the historical franchise that we have. So, mm-hmm. like, I do love the iconic blue and silver The that we wear whites at home. Like, I love the way our uniforms go. But it is cool for us, like, Thanksgiving, just, just that one. I don't mm-hmm. want a radical change, but, like, that one throwback. But the other teams, it is cool from the outside perspective to see – what is it like the Falcons? I guess brought a throwback, but I mean, even the Panthers bring a black helmet, the fucking Bengals white out. That's badass. That's cool. Like, that's cool. That's cool. Like, even from the outside, like being a Cowboy fan, like, damn, honestly, when that game's on, I'm going to be checking that out. Like, cause that's badass. Yeah, it's going to be cool. And that's how you grow the game. Uh, what else we got for the Cowboys? Well, we got training camp coming up. Yeah, training camp about to start. Um, I think we tagged Schultz, so cool. He didn't get that fat-ass contract he wanted. It didn't, but, I mean, just I mean, all it does is kicks the can down the road a little bit. It does. Is it, is that, I mean, so that should put him on a prove-it year, so that's good. I yeah. Mean, uh, and honestly, we may be relying on him a lot with our wide-out depth kind of being a little thin. Um, he may be involved a little more in the passing game than he has been previously, and he may have a perfect year. I don't know. I mean, we'll I, see what I'm not hesitant about, does, but... about the receiving core, though. And I don't know why. I'm, I feel I, okay I, with it. I, I mean, am, I am not. <laughs> I'm sorry. Looking at this roster, I don't. It, it didn't get better from last year, in my opinion. The roster did not get better. At the receiving and core? So, I mean, really kind of across the board. but Across the board, yeah. But the receivers, it's one thing I'm not, I'm not too worried. Um, I mean, if you let CDB or one, even there was the Mari Cooper quote the other day from mm-hmm. uh, the fan um, saying if Kellen does what he and 
let's CD BCD and use him. CD is an easy number one. And I think he is. I think CD will be a phenomenal number one. If Gallup comes back healthy, we know what Gallup can do. We just lost Connor. Um, but then they're already saying Jalen, uh, what our second round pick, he's going to be, mm-hmm. he's going to be playing, going to be starting. Um, and if he's as good as they say, like, that's a one, two, three punch. It's pretty solid. That put Jalen in the slot, though, right? I mean, so. Right. Which has, I mean, for, in Kellen Moore's offense has been a productive position. He, he may be exactly what we need there. Um, I just, uh, I, I just feel like the, the threats on the outside just aren't, I mean, to me, the receiving core has gotten worse. And we, cause we've lost, we, we lost two huge contributors, you know, to last year. And that's going to be missing. And so, um, but of course, it always goes back to the run game, right? I mean, that's really, oh, yeah. that's where, like, I do, I have no questions at all on the receivers if we can, you know, feed Z can get get the ball rolling the way it needs to. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, shit, it comes back to the run game. It comes back to the line. Being yeah, a Cowboy absolutely. fan, we know that. Being a yeah, Cowboy absolutely. fan, it's, it's, uh, it's all about the line. Connor's trying to get back on. <laughs> Perfect. But I mean, if you if you watch the Cowboys, like you know, year in year out, like it's uh, welcome back. Hey. <laughs> what do you think about the receiving core? Man, there's a there's a lot of talk about like this is CD's moment, CD's team we got the people around him to build. I mean, I don't know. I like Will Lars was saying, I like the fact that we do have um, Dalton Schultz and he's able to, I mean, he is a passing tight end. That's yeah. nice. I more as a passing tight end and then more barely as a blocking tight end, but that is nice. I'm probably, I'm not as concerned as I was three months ago, four months ago when all right. the Amari stuff and, when everything started, all that started off. But man, it not it seemed like CD really wants to be wide receiver one, but like it, it seems like the team wants him to be wide receiver one, and we're not like we're not. Hopefully, you know, Kellen isn't playing this weird. Like, oh, we're trying to decide who's going to be, and we're doing like three, we have like three different wide receiver twos instead of some obvious. Um, but I think that's that's been made pretty clear. And there was the interview last week that Amari Cooper had, and you know he yeah. was like, he was like the potential is there. It's just if it all comes right. down to yeah, it just all comes down to how he's utilized. So yeah. and, and how how does Gallup come back from injury? So yeah. I think that's another good question mark. We really won't know until training camp tomorrow, but and really probably not even until the second or third game of the season. But uh-huh. you know, like how 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 Gallup comes back. Um, and is Gallup okay being the two still? Is he trying to get that one spot? I mean, hey, and that's probably why a big reason on draft boards on draft day that Jalen was circled. Like, hey, yep, probably not gonna take him round one. Like, we're gonna wait because it was a deep receiving class. Mm-hmm. But round two, we got to circle around Jalen, and that's probably why if Gallup isn't who Gallup has been, and maybe he becomes a three. Hopefully, he doesn't just fall off, but. We got another guy that can step up yep. and fill that role. So hopefully that plays out like they have seen and what their plan is. Yeah, yeah. I hope it works that way. But I, I think like 
there's going to be a lot of regulation on Gallup during training camp. Like same with Dak. Right. The only difference yeah. is we got to watch it on Hard Knocks. Yeah, and I think you're I'm hoping, right. I'm hoping that doesn't like piss him off, and then he's like, "Oh, it, I mean, I don't know. You know how some of those people get, but well, I hope you, it's you, like you said. I hope it falls in like it's supposed to." And you'd have to think too that they had pretty good indication that Gallup was going to be coming back, like his normal self, where they probably wouldn't have let the other two receivers walk, right? I mean, like yeah. if you if you had any indication that like you know that. Gallup's going to come back at 80%. You know, you may fight a little harder to keep Wilson. You may fight a little harder to keep Cooper. Like, I don't know if we would have been able to give them the money that they wanted, but. Did Gallup get his extension before he got hurt? Yes. He did? So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes more sense. I was about to say, if, if not, if you are worried about it, then you do go, hey, Cedric, brother, you're the guy. But yeah. That makes more I, I sense. I feel like he, that happened before. If he got the contract before, and I, I kind of think so too. That makes sense. Yeah, before you hop back on, we were talking about bars like, well, it comes out of the run game about the receiving, like how the passing games go. But then I was like, if you're a Cowboy fan, you know for years it's all about the line. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're a football fan, you should know that. But as a Cowboy, like, you know, our line is what's important. Is he froze again? No, I'm oh. <laughs> looking at this. But that's going to be a big deal. Um, how how good was that draft? I mean, that's going to be important. Yeah. Well, that, how, the preseason is going to be very interesting. Like I know you're, yeah. not, I know, I know you're not seeing the blitz packages and stuff that you used to. Like that's the stuff that's been killing us in the offensive line. Um, it, but like. <laughs> that's one thing to really watch preseason, which we're only like three weeks away from. I mean, like, yeah, season season's gonna come fast, guys. Like, it's gonna hit fast. Like, with oh, training yeah. camp start, like, it, it's it always blows my mind that training camp's like three weeks and you start doing preseason. You know, I mean, it, it feels like I feel like high school football had a longer you know training camp than, than the <laughs> NFL does. But, um, but yeah, I mean, we're we're gonna be in you know, in football season fast. And so, like, you know, once once the preseason games start, really, really watching the offensive line, and really just to even, even if you're looking at the backups, you know, because injury has always been an offensive line problem for the Cowboys. Always is the injury, because they'll have a great five and suspension. And, then, <laughs> and suspension, of course. <laughs> you know, a great a great strong five, but not a six and a seven. And when you get into you know week eight, week nine, you know, just praying for that bye week to get everyone healthy. And you're, you know, you got your eighth and ninth guy up, you know, and on third downs and stuff like that. Like that's, it just starts getting ugly real fast. So, oh, yeah. Um, so that's one I'm, that's exciting. Like I really wish, I wish we could do hard knocks in Dallas every year. I loved, loved having the behind the scenes look and all that. Um, when that, when, you know, when HBO was there. I know it's, it's not as true of a look into the background as, you know, you would like, but uh, at least a glimpse. Still, it's a glimpse. And I'll take any extra Cowboys content I can. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Anything else on the boys? I mean, like we said, it's it's sneaking up. I mean, sneaking up fast. Three weeks. Three weeks. Every, we're all adults. We know how shit how fast that goes. Yep. So I mean, we'll wake up and it's gonna fucking be here. Um, yep. Moving on to the stars, Lars. What you got? Oh man, we well, stars. Is the stars. So let's, let's I know. hear it. 
it's still still a giant question mark. Um, uh, so much. I mean, we're kind of getting the same kind of feelings, uh, like kind of with like the Cowboys. Like to me, like we're not getting any better yet. Um, it, it feels very much of the same stars. We are right now. The biggest thing is uh, the biggest question marks are contracts for Robertson and Ottinger. Young studs need contract extensions. There are FAs right now. We got to get those deals done this off season. And then we still have the Klingberg dilemma. He is not gone anywhere yet. Um, I kind of think that those are kind of tied together. Um, I think there are still a lot of free agents on the market. So like a lot of NHL insiders, they anticipated a long free agency, you know, kind of period. You know, usually like some years everyone's gone and moved in the first two weeks when, you know, when the deadline opens up. And then, but this year they're expecting just kind of a lot of moving parts. Um, and just a lot of just a lot of long-term discussions. Um, so we got to solve the Klingberg problem as far as if we can re-sign him. Which, for whatever reason, they've talked all through last season. They've talked most of this off-season. It is looking like he is gone. Um, but we have really no no fill form yet. Uh, and because Ryan Suter got his fucking money. Exactly. The the traffic cone. The actual traffic cone of Ryan. <laughs> that's a that's a terrible deal. Um, but you know, we got you know, we got a new coach coming in and he's also defensive minded. So again, that makes you think that, that we're gonna be trying to make still a big splash in free agency with another defenseman. Our draft was primarily defensemen, like I mean we we've we've been blaming the coaches. I think it's Jim Neal. He's I think he loves defense more than anything, you know, and so that's all that's all we're gonna spend our money in. That's where most of our money is tied up in. Um, so but we have to get we have to get we have to get deals for Robo, we have to get certain deals for Ottinger. And I think they're waiting for them to kind of see what they can play with and then to determine like how they're gonna structure the deals for those two stars, right? So the idea being that if we can go out and get somebody that can take less annually and put more bonuses let's do that let's see if we can't or you know see, see what we can do um, that way or maybe signing robo and Ottinger two deals with you know lower annual you know salary but higher bonuses and deals out of way um so i think that that's why there's a holding pattern on those two um there's obviously no fear in losing them um i mean they can't really go anywhere they're, they're pretty tied to us uh right now but they but they do have to get extensions so uh, we do have to figure that out big time. I'm glad we didn't enter the Kachuk sweepstakes. We would have lost a lot for it. Um, he's a great player. Florida gave up quite a bit. but, um, but most I of hate him. I fucking <laughs> hate him. I mean, I get I it. I hate Matthew Kachuk. He's good. He's good. So, and there are other options out there. And it really comes to what we can afford and what we what we can get. Um, and and still still pay our our young stars. So, well, I mean that's that's got to be priority, right? Is Jake and Jason? They are the priority for signings, yes. But I I, I don't know. I, I just really I really think the reason we haven't seen any movement on there is because there's still a hole they're trying to fill. I don't think that we're going to see any signings on those two until Klingberg's gone and we have another signing or two to kind of fill that gap um 
and they may just they may be bottom six guys. That's fine. But you know, if they have the experience and you know, and and are on the power the power kill, like that's fine. Like well, I, I'm okay with some specialty specialists. I'm fine with that. I am. Um, not what we want. Love Klingberg to come back still. Um, maybe if if the if the market's not there, like if he can't find the money he's looking for everywhere else. He 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 may take a, a team friendly deal. It may only be a one year, which I, like he's looking for a long term big money contract. And really, I think long term more than even too big a money. Right. You know. So, but he wants he wants to have another probably five years, three or you know at least at least probably probably at least four. And I don't know if Dallas is willing to give him four more years for what he's asking for. You know, annually, especially with our burnt with. I mean, but you're right. Suter is eating up all the money. Yeah. We shouldn't have any problem giving him the contract, but we fucking gave it to Suter. Yeah. Jesus. I mean, and Miro too, but again, Miro's money I think is deserved. Right. Um, and, and he's much younger. He's a stud. Like, yeah. He's that one, one makes of, sense. But you're the talking about like, one, the Suter one just yeah. kind of almost blindsided everybody. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa what? what and and you hear. This? And you hear people, especially on Star Twitter. If you guys are not on Star Twitter, get on it. Uh, it is a wild ride, <laughs> and uh, it might be the best of the four teams in Dallas. I'm telling you, it's great. It's great. Um, our, you cannot. I mean, these the the Dallas fandom uh, for hockey within a non-traditional, you know, hockey state. It is a. Uh, it is pretty pretty fervent here in in, in the metro. So. Um, definitely, definitely jump on the old stars Twitter feed and uh, start following because um, you'll, you're going to get, I mean, just just so much passion from these fans. You know, like we know, we just want to see good hockey. You know, that's really what it comes down to, and uh, and it's there. You know, we have so many pieces. We're very, I mean, making make the playoffs good. You know, we had some bad bad away trips. You know, that we pieced together a lot that, that really kind of hurt our standings. Going into the playoffs, just you know, bad road trips. Um, we really got to, but like the the way you combat a bad road trip is good defense, right? I mean, that's always kind of the game changer. And really, it's your power kill. That's how you win away games. Is your PK every time? Like that's 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 your deciding factor. Is when you are a man down in hostile territory, if you can just not give up a goal, yeah. you know, like that's that's the biggest thing. And, and realistically, you don't want to give, be giving up shots either, but. You know, it's, it's it's the goal that you're worried about. So, um, so again, if we get some more, get some special team specialists there um, in, in the trade market, see what's out there. You know, doing some trades, but like, I don't think it's worth trading the future for. You know, we have a lot of studs in the minors right now, for lack of a better word, in, in the minors that that are coming up, and they are offensive, and so. We we, we got to get some lined up. I think that's the other reason, kind of, to, to not extend the claim. But we're trying to get the younger, get some of that younger blood in there, and get some more, you know, two way defense and stuff like that. So right. I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll see. It's uh, the the roster is like I said, still not set, so there's still a lot of, a lot of movement there. Um, and we'll see. But yeah, Klingberg's the question mark. I, I think I think once the Klingberg issue is resolved. And then we'll start seeing the signings for for Ottinger and Robo. But you, know, you got you got to kind of just see what you have to work with, and then bring bring your new pieces to those guys. And like, can we take less if we have this, you know, or can we structure you more bonuses than we have, you know, here, you know, 
but they're going to get, I mean, they're going to be getting four or five year deals, you know, right. both of them. So, I mean, Andre is a clear number one in the net. So, we'll see. I mean, still, 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 like I said, big question mark still for the Stars. Big question mark. Let's see where we're going. But, but something needs to happen because we've had like 10 days of just crickets. Yeah, just weddings and enough. weddings and engagements or men proposals. That's it. I was about yeah. to say, there's a lot proposals. of rings. There's a lot of rings going around, but not the rings yeah. that we want. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we just turned into social media stars. Absolutely. <laughs> I am all for it. Yeah. I mean, between, between the stars taking over social media and Instagram for all the wedding photos and taking over really, you know, hockey Twitter for all the wedding stuff, and then you know, having all our, the K pop. We have like two major K-pop artists that have they're wearing star jerseys all the time. So let's do it. And like I said, grow grow the game, grow the brand. You know, wherever that takes us, let's do it. But uh, we got we got to get got to get these signings soon. So again, wait, big waiting pattern. But I think it all fall into place once we get once once the Klingberg decisions is made and anything else fall into place. I, I think they I, they still think that I think I think we I think Jim Mill still thinks we can keep Klingberg. And like you said That's earlier, I mean, like. if if it just keeps getting drug out and nothing happens, I mean, obviously, every fan base in any sport will feel that way. You 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 feel like you lost that superstar. Like I mean, we've talked. Me and Connor have talked about this for a while, even fucking since before the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. That Klingberg's gone. And the longer it gets drug out, you're like, shit, maybe. Mm-hmm. There's a slight chance. Like you said, it might be a one-year deal. But, hell, maybe that turns into something more. Right. So that slight chance is, like, in all the stars' fandom's heads, like, maybe it does somehow work out. Hopes aren't still high, but somehow it might still work out. But I would love it to happen, but I, I just don't – feel like it's going to but like you said we're probably waiting once he's gone then then all the dominoes are going to fall yeah how do you feel about our uh, signings so far i like the draft um i like the draft of the the guys we picked up in free agency like they'll be serviceable um that's fine again there's just no you know just no 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 game changers yet you know what I mean? But, right. uh, you know, we're, we're filling in holes. That's fine. And none of them are costing us too much. So I'm happy with that. You know, we haven't gone out and tried to, to you know, haven't taken big swings, you know. So um, uh, this, this suitor contract is killing us. That's what it comes down to. Uh, How much longer but, we I mean, that? Uh, three more while. years, I think. Yeah. It's a while. I think it's three more years. I think, I think it's RFA after three, maybe. Um, but At some point, do we end up dealing him because of how pissed off the fan base gets? If, if you can deal him, I mean, I don't, we'll, know, if, I, I don't know if anyone's going to pick that. I don't up. Think pick well, from. well, that's what I'm saying. But do we get to the point where we make the deal, but we eat part of the contract? Where uh, fuck? I mean, Elvis is not a suitor, but the, we're playing the A's right now. We're paying Elvis to play for Oakland right now because mm-hmm. it just helped the team out better for us. Do we reach a point in the next three years where we're like, hey, you take his ass? We'll cover part of the contract, if not a good chunk of it. But does that end up coming up? Um, I'm sure. Write I, it out? 
I, I don't think we can write it out now. I, I, and I think because of the coaching change, we do get more leverage to where we don't, we aren't really stuck writing it out. We can have a pretty good excuse. Oh, well, you know, like Bones, we love this guy. And he did. I mean, like his poor performance, like, I mean, Bone, like, I mean, if you, if you ask Bones, like, that's the greatest hockey player we have on our team. <laughs> and, and that's why he was always on the first line for the PK, always getting, like, he was, he was always getting outskated. He cannot enter the offensive zone. He's not an offensive threat at all. He take whenever he gets the puck at the point, he's taking shots he shouldn't be taking when we got nobody in front of that. Like, I mean, something about like Pavelski, right? Like his greatest, like his greatest attribute is standing in front of the goalie and cleaning up all the mess. And you got Suter out there taking shots, you know, while while Pavs is, you know, is behind the net, you know, like, you know, trying to, to run a play. And so if there's no one even up in front, why are you taking that shot? Like you shouldn't like that's not what you should be like doing at this point right now. Yeah. Like and, and and he would take a shot instead of chipping it to the corner like Bones loved to do and letting the, the forwards go down and four check and take it, he would just throw it at the goalie. Okay. Then he covers it, he goes to a face off, they get a fresh line in, and now you lost all your momentum. Doesn't help anybody, you know. So um, so I mean, I don't know. If we can fix the zone entry, the offensive zone entry, um, then Suter doesn't hurt as much. We're not chipping and chasing anymore, which, dear baby Jesus, I hope we're not doing anymore ever again. Um, then, you know, maybe well, Tudor doesn't feel that bad. I know it's just as much as we are, like, as much as the Dallas fans loved lo- loved the stars, we did not love that style of offense, and we have this, and we have this the the forwards to not have to do that. To not have to rely on on four checking and winning faceoffs. So that's really what it was. Like we had we have great we do have great faceoff um, players. You know with very high you know percentage winning percentages. That cannot be a game plan. That should be like a like a, a boost to your game. That shouldn't be like oh no no just let the goalie cover it up and then we'll get the offensive faceoff. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, I mean, but like even the good offensive faceoff guys are still sixty something percent. You know, so like that still isn't a very high average to can to say in, in the zone. So that stuff that that's the stuff that's got to change. Like honestly, Suter can be serviceable. It can be, you know. Now, like I really think that the contract won't feel so bad if we do by changing the coaches. I feel like I'm hoping we can at least hide it a little bit, and if we can take him off the first line of the PK, which Bones would not do. He just went. He changed every line. I mean, we saw ninety line changes, like different makeups of the second and third line. But I mean, every game was different. Yep. PK one was the same. with Suter out there every game, and until that changes, that that Suter contract is going to feel bad. If you get him off the ice a little bit more and don't have him be your staple point for your PK, then I, I feel like the, at least the hatred is going to die down. And then if the hatred dies down, he may be more dealable. <laughs> you know, we'll see what happens. But, I mean, it's just like when you have such a glaring weakness that everybody sees and exploits, it's hard to trade him. Like, I mean, ev- everyone watches the tape. You can see it on the tape. I know, he's, like, if I'm entering the zone, I know what side I'm doing it on. Yep. And I know how fast they have to be. Because it's not – it was not hard. He got outskated all the time. Every time. It is – was that in the coaching interviews, like, the coaching, like, the ones applying for the job, like, all right, what can I do with him? Like, you know yeah. that had to be brought up. It has to be. It has to be. And then with us going to a defensive-minded coach and DeBoer, 
and saying, how, how do you solve this problem? And I'm hoping he had the best answer, which is why he got the job. <laughs> it was all based on that one question. I mean, in, in my eyes, it should be. I mean, because like that, that to, to me, that is the glaring weakness. That is, we've put too much faith in him. We have too much money tied up in him. Like we have to solve that problem. And you have to be able to rely on young people. I mean, yeah. Harley's supposed to be a stud, you know, but he was bottom six all year. He was barely getting out on PKs. And, and that guy was on the ice all the time. Like whenever he was going on five on five, at equal strength, he was the one laying out in front of every shot. Yeah. And then does not get on the PK. Like, I mean, I, I, it, just, it just doesn't make sense. That we're not in practice. So maybe, maybe there's something that we don't understand. But I'm talking about just effort out there. Like, I, I'm not, I don't trust a suitor's effort. I don't play <laughs> very high. Yeah, I don't trust shit about him. There's so there's so many times this year that like he was even like even when we're in the defensive zone, he's just not tracking the puck like at all. Like like I mean like backside forwards are dropping down just right in front of him. No contact, no nothing. And then like even like you started to see I'm sure as Jake Ottinger got more comfortable like being, you know, the one in the net, like you started to see the frustration with him and he's like Bro, like, what the hell? Like, this guy just dropped from the backside and, like, was just able to redirect and you didn't even bump him off or nothing. Yeah. Like, I, there were, like, multiple instances of of that. So, I don't – there's no love lost there. I don't care what happens to Ryan Suter. I just think that he can be managed. That's my point. Is that, That'd be I, great. I, I think it can be managed. I think having Bones out gives us a better chance to manage it. And I, and I don't even care where he's at on the line. You know, like I'm saying, like on equal strength, it does not bother me. It really doesn't. I mean, it, I don't want him taking shots, but like what she likes to do, that's cool. But like, and I'm okay taking shots. Just take shots when Taz is there. You take shots when Robo's in the slot. Like, like, like that's that's I'm okay with that. Like we gotta have, but you have to have forwards there for the for the rebound. Just don't just take it because ah, I got in the ozone. All right, I'm shooting. Like, that's not that's not a strategy. It's just sloppy. It's just sloppy. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's frustrating as shit, especially with like the offensive set that we have. Like like you were talking about the the chip and chase thing, we're all frustrated with that. Everybody was frustrated with that. But like the fact that we have a thirty seven year old defenseman just fired one tease from the point when we have, you know, the fastest skater in the league, like hand mm-hmm. like that's God damn it. Yeah. Marcus Simeon. Um we're challenging. We've, Fastest skater in the league. Like, we have dynamic goal scorers like Tyler Sagan, Jamie Bibb, you know, the, the probably, I mean, you could make the argument against Kirill, but like the most prolific rookie in the last two to three years. Like, you take Kel McCarr out of the deal because he's playing defense. And like, mm-hmm. Jason Robertson's probably the most talked about prospect in the last three to four years. And it's like, oh, we're coming across the blue line, just a little, little patty whack down there into yeah. the corner. And let's go let, all of our fucking Fords just, you know, fight with everyone. Like, let's let's send them down there and fight with Pat Maroon in the corner. Like, yeah. and especially late in the shift. And that's the other thing too that like always drove me nuts about Suter. Like, Hastenin's really, to me, Hastenin has such high hockey IQ. Is that like he he's got the shot he can take from the points. But if you're late in the shift, 
Like he's not taking that shot. Yeah. He's looking for the pass because he knows you got a fresh line against a depleted line. You don't take the shot and let the goalie cover it up and get the subs out. Right. You know, you, you make the pass. And right. and Haskinen's uh, ozone entry, obviously, 10 times better. Um, that's one thing we're going to miss with Klingberg a lot, too. Like, it's, I think it's a, a big part of his game that was overlooked is, like, his zone entry as a defenseman. Top-notch has been good. They, everyone talks about his turnovers. So you'll see that all over, you know, about the number of turnovers he has, which is, like, 84, he had like 84, 86 turnovers last year. But, like, not one of them bothered me because he's – He's he's making those turnovers because he's trying to make plays, and 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 the other people aren't like, like these aren't just turnovers that he's like, you know, a bad pass in front of the in front of the net. You know what I mean? That you know, he's like or missing a clear and things like that. Like his turnovers are usually going to the zone and, and trying to make something happen in overtime, which he was an OT hero many times for us last year. Has been his whole career. So I don't know. I it's just well. We, we just need the higher IQ, the hockey IQ. You got to let let the shift times kind of dictate some of that strategy, which Haskinen is very good at. Um, and like I said, and a lot of that's going to be coaching. So if the coaching change gives me hope, even though like the roster really hasn't necessarily improved yet. Um, the experience that Ottinger had in this whole postseason, him being the clear number one, like. Like, like those players are better. So even if you even if we lose some pieces as a whole, we still might be at the same place or better just because the experience, you know, the, the that our our studs are getting. So that only helps. <laughs> what just happened? No fucking shot, right? So Marcus Simeon got picked off, and it was a fucking good move. It was a good fucking pickoff. Um, no shot that that pumps him out. So we go to challenge. They show the review. He fucking gets back. But they go to review, and they just called him out still. Like, it was a damn good move. And I guess I'm, I'm a good – I'm about 10 seconds before Connor because I saw it, and I saw that reaction. Fucking Steven Piscotti missed the tag. They're even standing on second base talking about it. No, he like said he, – He missed his inside arm. And he's – like, he swept the out. Like, when they showed the replay from, like, the – from the Oh, it was fucking, a great slide. Yeah, from the bird's eye cam. Like, you could see it clear as day. Like, he tagged over his arm, and that, like, Simeon got his left arm in, and then yeah. Piscotti hit, like, his torso. That's the – that's was a, it Elvis? I think it was Elvis. Oh, was it Elvis? Yeah. But, yeah. That's, like, like the most obvious fucking thing I've ever – like, that's one of those bad I don't – like, maybe, maybe live, I could see him pumping him out because it was a fucking yeah. good move. But once you saw the replay, like, Simeon had a good slide and, like, missed the tag. And they still came back and said he was out. Oh, that, man. Wow. I saw it. And I knew I was before you. So I was just sitting here just waiting to see what you did. <laughs> I thought it was a no-brainer. Like, that's why I was clapping. I was like, when I saw the replay, I was like, oh, we're good. Like, I know. Is, and, hey, and when you clapped, up. when you clapped, I already saw the call. <laughs> yeah. I was like, <laughs> like, this, you, this is like. A hundred percent evident right here. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild. What a oh man. Oh uh, shit. Yeah, whatever. Good move, I guess. It was fucking. a good fucking move, but yeah. Oh my god. It's so bad. That's what I'm saying. Like they just showed it again. They just came terrible. out commercial and showed it again. Well, y'all got anything left on the stars for today? I don't have shit about the Mavs, so if y'all got something, 
shoot it out. But if not, we'll roll into the Rangers today. Because I, I mean, it's, it's that was time of year. Five inches behind his arm. That sounds I like we're going to Elvis Rangers. Andrews. I love Elvis Andrews, but he's completely it, over. It wasn't even close. No. It wasn't close at all. <laughs> even from this view. <gasps> yeah, none no of them, none of them show him even get fucking close to tagging him before he's on the bag. We, we want to start with the draft. Why have a replay if we're starting to get it wrong? That's exactly. Hey, you know what? Fuck it. Fuck the draft. We'll get there. This is a fucking hill I'll die on. I fucking hate replaying baseball. I don't give a shit. We'd have been fucked on that call anyways. But I don't know why baseball is so pure to me. And obviously, I'm a fucking baseball guy over everything. But just my opinion, I love baseball being the one sport where it's like, no, he called that. He called it. That's what it is. Which in it also, like, you still see it every once in a while. But, like, my early days of being a Ranger fan, love falling in love with the game, my dad taking me, like, that I can remember is Buck Showalter just fucking coming out and reaming umpires' asses just back. No, fuck you. That shit was wrong. That was the worst call in the world. Like, just letting them have it. See ya. Like, that is one thing great about baseball. Like, foot, or hockey, you get the fights. Baseball, you get the just absolute shit talking between officials and players and coaches. Like, I love that. I don't know why. I've always been, and it might be the purest in me, I like the umpire making the call. That's what they've been trained to do. They've went through a whole system of, classes to minor league system getting called up just like the players do to get to this stage. So we trust you to be right. Granted, it's a hard fucking job. Hell, it's hard to – I fucking umpired 12-year-old softball for it, and I hated it. But I'm not signing up to be the big leaguer. That's you. So if you sign up for that job, guess what? You get your ass chewed. I missed that part about the replay system. And even there, I think Woody should have got out there, but – I, I do not like replaying baseball, but that's just me. I fucking hate it. Every other sport, I get it. But baseball, it's not a timed sport. It's completely different than every other sport out there. So why, why bring that in with the rest of the shit? And we still get it wrong. That's the weird part to me. It's like, I, I mean, we're, like, we're all the same generation. Like, we've all up until what like two years ago like we've all grown up watching all the dynamic plays in baseball be made like just based off of judgment all the things and has it sucked yes but there's not one single baseball fan that hasn't been screwed Burn. by a call yeah, yeah. at some yeah. point like it's not just like the rangers are just sitting out here like oh my god we get hosed on every call like no it's it's like that common denominator in baseball like that's yeah um I'm definitely, yeah, like, I'm not, I'm, I'm with you on that. And, like, and then if we are going to implement, like, the, the replay and the challenge, like, we, like, at least get it right. Because then we look even stupider. Like, this is going to be the laughing stock of, of any type of baseball Twitter. Like, John Boy starting nine, anything is going to post that and be like, well, fucking MLB still sucks. 
Yeah. Because of shit like this. We and it's true. Five minutes to, to replay that and we still fucked yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the officials are like, they're like putting in their ear. Like if we were making fun of at the beginning of the whole season. Everybody on, on baseball social media was like, they, some of these guys have been doing like the, the Angel Hernandez is the Joe West. Like they were doing this shit for 30 years. Like they don't even know how to flip on a microphone. And they're just like, uh, runner was out. Coach didn't like it. Uh, someone's talking in my ear about what to tell you guys next. Yeah. And it's like, repeat it's after just, me. It's just, yeah. It's like freaking, oh, Joe Biden reading the teleprompter again. <laughs> like, it's just, repeat, I mean, repeat statement. Yeah. So, like, I, I'm with you on that. Like, that shit does take away. And I do think it takes away, like, that situation with Woody. Like, if, if they call that out and there's no replay, like, you're right. Like, um, a Buck Showalter. Or He's not stopping a, to do this. Yeah, He's Terry Francona. He's lining out right. to second base. Right. Even Banny, like if you got Banny or Terry Francona oh, yeah. or, or somebody like that, like they're never even once thinking, they're not even looking back to the bench coach, you know, and being like, hey, should we review that? Like, fuck, their mind's made up. Like they're no, on their way there. As soon as that happens, they're fucking yeah. on a, they're fucking sprinting out there. So I do, like I do hate I, I already think that Chris Woodward like moves that needle in the wrong direction anyways. Cause he's like, he doesn't get as emotional as I wish he would. But um, I do hate that that like in general does move like the dynamic. Cause there's just that baseball feel to it. Like, and it's, I think it's one of those things like you can't describe to someone who's not a baseball fan. If you don't like baseball, like you don't give a shit if someone got thrown out on a close play at the plate or you don't give a shit about, you know, whatever happened. But I, I mean, I could definitely get on board with like, like we're not in any hurry. Whether believe it or not, like there is no no aspect to a baseball game that's like, okay, well we're out of time now. Like you grow up, 12. and that that argument is going to take just as long as that review, right? And right. that argument yep. is going to be ten times more exciting for everybody involved, even even like us right there. We're the Ranger fans. We're fucking pissed, but there is something about that pride, being proud of your manager out there just reaming that umpire's ass. If we get it wrong, fuck it. But he's letting him have it. Like, there's that pride yeah. in there. Like, okay, if we waste five minutes, I'm not even thinking about the time that we just lost. Because yeah. I enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the same dynamic as, like, fighting in hockey. Like, yeah. I mean, reason that, like the, the, the PA in the NHL is like – Nope. Like, well, we will keep regulating how you can fight. Like, you know, drink, you have to drop your gloves. Once someone goes to the ground, like we'll keep regulating that, but there's no way that we can afford fighting out of hockey. Exactly. You can take someone who doesn't yeah. even like hockey and they go to like, you're like, Hey, we're going to go to a hockey game. They're like, fuck, I hope people fight. That's like, their first, you know who any of these people a are? non-hockey yeah. fan. That's their first statement. Yeah. But with the replay so. in baseball, like my my biggest thing to replay in baseball, like, like I'm fine the regular season not having it because there's 162 games. So nobody cares, right? If you miss the call, you're gonna get your call back. Like your one game, two game, your four or five calls, whatever. Like that's gonna law of averages. You're gonna get a call. You're gonna miss a call. It's fine. Postseason, it has to be there, I think, because it is too. Like when you're talking about one game series to get into the postseason or not, I'm talking about best of three, which is stupid, but that we still do in baseball. We have. 
the longest regular season and the shortest postseason. It makes zero sense. Baseball needs to change that. Should have changed it all seven like the NBA did and uh, straight across the board. But it, it's got to be right in the playoffs. And I'm fine with the regular season not taking the time. That's cool. But like in the postseason when everyone's watching, then yeah, let's take the extra time. And to me, it, this shouldn't be done by the people on the field. Because when you talk about the pride of the manager, those umpires have pride too. And you talk about trying to get Angel Hernandez to go and admit he was wrong and flip his own call. <laughs> that's not happening. That's not going to happen. Yeah. He'll, come, he'll, he'll watch that replay and come out and be like, of course I was right. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. It's, it's clearly clearly wrong. Nah, I don't think so. <laughs> okay, cool. Like that, is, that doesn't help anybody, right? So then it's wrong. They reviewed it. And then there's some things about the system being wrong and the umpire being wrong and then the wrong team getting screwed. To me, for the sport of baseball, that's not good for anybody, especially in the playoffs. So I'm like, I'm all for it. Maybe we're season, you got 162 games. You're going to get some calls. You're going to lose some calls or whatever. Like that call didn't cost your season. In the NFL, it can. You know, you're talking about a, such a small sample size, a missed call, a touchdown you should have got, you know, in week three may have cost you the wild card spot, you know, yeah. 15 games, you know, 12 games later. So. Like, I understand, like, I think that it is more important in other sports, especially in the regular season. But, like, and baseball, I'm okay with it going away in the regular season, but it's got to be there in the playoffs. And we, the focus should be getting the call right. And if it takes more time, it should. But, like, if you watch other sports, it, it doesn't take long to get a call right. There's no reason that umpire needs to leave the field to go look at something. It's absurd. There should be somebody in a box that makes, they should have a replay official at every ballpark or at least have one person that runs it for everywhere that is making those calls that's not involved in the game. And I mean, that's how you do it. If you are any cricket fans out there, that's how they do it. Like, and well, cricket, do. sometimes they don't even make the call. Because they have uh, – yeah, I mean, obviously, all of our sports don't fucking do that. But uh, they do have people who are in New York. And that – that the, the way they do it is so, like, boom, challenge. They start – like, the umpire immediately pages New York. And these guys aren't watching the game. It could be the ninth right. inning, but they don't know how the game's been called, who's been favored, who's got screwed, what the fuck ever. But then it's just – they just get to see the play, and so they just call it off the play. No matter who's playing, who's umpiring, who's – how the game's been called, like if someone's been favored the whole night, they just see the play like this is what it is. But somehow they fucked that one up. Does the umpire need to leave the field? No, hell I no. I mean, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, put on the – Cricket puts a 60-second clock down on it, and they and everybody in the stadium and the umpires watch the video board to see what the call was. That's another like, thing. <laughs> like, they just – they put the call up on the video board, and they just say out or not out. That's it. That's all they list. And then that's it. They go with it. Um, like, and, it, it, and they literally – it's a 60-second clock. It's handled in one minute. Everyone finds out at the same time. Baseball has to, uh, to to do a pomp and circumstance and walk off the field and put on a headset and grab a microphone and make a call and it's just it's just too much too much shenanigans. To, yeah, to, there shouldn't be any explanation. Like yeah, just, football, I kind of get it, but like baseball, like boom ball. Did you tag the boom motherfucker ball, before he touched the bag or not? You know right. he's out. You know he's safe. Like there's no explanation needed. That part I do agree with. Like, if we do have replays, there should not – you shouldn't have to come out and mic up. I think it's kind of funny listening to them sometimes. It's hilarious watching them struggle with technology. Yeah, but, like, it shouldn't be – you don't need that. I mean, was he 
was the ball caught before he got to the bag? Yeah, some shit like that. He's out or he's safe. You fucking saw the replay. Yeah. Which uh, I, think, I think what we should do is just force the umpires to text why it's out or safe. I just watch the mayhem. Twitter, Twitter uh, they got a tweet. <laughs> Every fucking time there's a review. Yeah. They got to tweet out their explanation. <laughs> that that would be entertaining. <laughs> Watch these old men just put a fumble technology. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Well, we'll move a little bit along. So we had the draft. Um, we took Kumar Rocker number three. Um, who wants to go? I mean, I can go if y'all want me to, but. Anybody want to step up to the plate? Do it. Fuck. Go ahead. I did not. Out of the gate, I did not love it. Um, like when it was announced, actually, I saw, I believe it was a Jeff Passing fucking tweet that was like, what was it? Drew Jones went to the Diamondbacks at two. Right after that pick, I believe it was Jeff. He tweets and is like, there's speculation. Kumar is going to go higher than everybody thinks. I'm like, it ain't us. It's not us. Kumar, off the board. My first thought was, what the fuck? Because Elijah Green has this super fucking high ceiling. And also, there was Tamar Johnson. But Elijah was the guy that I'm just staring at. If I was hoping, Baltimore has had a past history of taking under slot guys. Um for the draft picks. I was like, maybe they pass on a Jackson or a Drew. Then, obviously, Arizona takes one of them. We get the other one. That was my hope. They go one, two. Then we end up taking Kumar. It wasn't my favorite fucking thing in the world. Took me a little bit to relax, a couple days. Um, actually, really just the next day, because then it turns into we lost our second and third round pick for the Seeger and Simeon signings. So our next pick was in the fourth round. We signed Kumar because he's not rated that high at under slot value. So say he's worth seven mil, he got like five. Now our fourth round pick, we get another first round. I believe he was ranked 11th at his draft 11th. prospect. Yeah, he's 11th. We get this fucker in the fourth round who is the highest rated a uh, high school pitcher and possibly the highest rated fucking pitcher in the draft in the fourth round. Now that's where the play comes in. JD and Chris fucking playing uh, chess instead of checkers. Now you take this fourth round guy, his slot value, say, I don't even, I haven't seen it, but say it's 2 million. Now you can offer him four because you saved that 2 million on Kumar. Mm-hmm. Now you just got two first round pitchers with a first and a fourth round pick. And it was absolutely wild, which also in turn with the Kumar pick, Chris came out right after, obviously had an interview and said, we know everybody's worried about the medical issues. That's why he didn't have to deal with the Mets last year at 10th overall. Um, they've talked with doctors over and over and over. We are good. Obviously for picking him at three, we are okay with his medical records. So now you got, a guy who is very, very close to big league ready. Obviously, we're on the verge of being a playoff World Series contender. So, 
here in the future now, Porter might take a little bit longer to show up being a high schooler, fourth round. May take a little bit. But now we got John Gray for at least three more years. We got Kumar who could be there quick. We got Cole Wynn who could be there quick. We got Jack Ladder that could be there quick. We got a solid stall of arms ready to fucking go. So at first, I did not love it because Elijah, his, his potential is fucking outrageous. But for us to go win and win soon, also while snagging Brock Porter in the fourth when he should have been a first-rounder, is fucking phenomenal. So I didn't it does like seem it. to me, well, with the draft, it kind of showed to me that, like, this isn't a four-year project for the Rangers. This is a next-year project for the Rangers. Yeah. And that gives me hope, right? Because I don't like – I'm not – it's hard for me to get on board rebuilding for half a decade. <clears throat> so, you know, be a little more aggressive and, and get someone that's a little closer to being ready. Now, the, our fourth-round pickup was a steal, I think. You're right. Like, we're not going to see him next year, but, like, it's still it, – get him, get him in the system develop them um, I'm all for it uh, but yes I, I think it, getting getting rocker makes it makes me feel like we're contending next year or at least gonna try to get there and pitching is the weakness I'm glad we went pitcher pitcher I'm, I'm, I mean we should be focusing on in the offseason pitching um, but it tells me that they are it's more of a now or a near future uh, pick which is exciting you know which we should all be excited you know we made big moves last offseason. And we still even even with the big moves we made, you guys have been saying this whole year, it's not for this year, you know, it's for next year. And and the the picks are going that direction as well. So that gives me hope, or it gets me it gets me excited. It gets me excited for like we're trying to make this happen now, and not wait until we're four years into Seager's contract to finally get a pitcher that can go six innings. Yes, yeah. I mean we don't have that now, so I don't want to waste all that. Uh, all those, all those bats on, you know, giving up five, five runs an inning every game. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, and I mean, and like you just said, like Chris has already came out and said priority this offseason is pitching, and we we actually had more money in the bank last year. Mm -hmm. uh, but they didn't want to just put all our eggs in one basket. If it wasn't the right fit, it wasn't the right fit. Um, so now this year we still have extra money, and we're going to have money coming off the books. Like I said, Elvis. We're paying Elvis right now like $14 million or some shit to pay in Oakland. That's going to be off the books next year. So we're going to have a lot more money to spend again. We go get a big, strong arm to lead the way, and I'm probably going to say it until he goes somewhere, that I pray that it's Jacob DeGrom. But – not happening. No way. Fuck it. Give him all the money. I don't I mean, want yeah, another fucking but... signing. <laughs> but you go get a strong ace – a strong number one, and it doesn't have to be DeGrom. If it happens, it's, I'm fucking the happiest guy in the world. But you go get a strong ace, and then at some point next year, you should see a whoever you just signed as an ace, a John Gray, a Jack Leiter, Kumar Rocker, and a Cole Wynn. That one through five is fucking glorious. And then obviously, but, but and then now we've talked about all year. Our bullpen's trash. It sucks so bad. Now, okay, Dane Dunning, we've seen you give us a couple innings. Taylor Hearn, you can give us a couple innings. You can't go five. Uh, Glenn Otto, Spencer Howard. Now you guys, I just want you to get me an inning or two. 
So now these guys who can perform for a little bit, and, I mean, they're young too, those guys, we have our one through five who are just fucking workhorses. Have those guys shut the door for you and get somebody that can just close? Our pitching's ridiculous. And then now our fucking we, – we know what our offense can do. Hell, we're lighting it up right now. It's 7 nothing with – 8 nothing with first and third and the fucking fifth. I wouldn't hate moving moving her into like a long long middle reliever, you know. Like I'm yeah. fine with that. So now like you have that possibility. Now, yeah, give us give us give me three innings. Give me two. Yeah. I'm 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 down to that. But I still think we're about. I mean, we're a couple years away from that still. I'm seeing rocker and lighter in starting five rotation. But twenty four, we're pushing. Twenty four, it's we're going. Next year, I plan on being in the playoffs. I, 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 think we'll, we, I think we'll be in the playoffs next year if we get some free agency. We get, get some arms to free agency, and uh, that that'll help. That'll help big time. But twenty four, it's fucking all or nothing. It's time to go. Yeah, and it, it's it beautiful. Which is why it's important we're going to go get those big arms this off season. We're buying them, not trading for them. We can't be losing a bunch of prospects. Just to try to get the arms. Then we're I don't. I don't see us trading for pitching. We. I, I don't. I, I, don't I, w- I hope not. I hope not. Also, that'd be. That's one day I'll be fucking pissed. <laughs> it happens all the time. That's what I'm saying. Like it's, it wouldn't surprise me. But. And that that's what's halfway nice about like like Brock Porter signing. Like he's such a high rated prospect in the draft. He was 11th. We got him in the fourth. If we pay him that extra money, convince him to not go to college to come join us. If he's 17, 18 years old, whatever it is, he's coming out of high school, he's probably a few years out. So say 24, 25, we're making a push. He may not still be big league ready, but he may be a top prospect. Boom, trade piece. So I love that. I love that pick. But it's coming. The the time is coming for Ranger fans. Like, we are making the right fucking moves. Connor, you got anything on the draft before we dabble in the next conversation? Yes, I have a lot on the draft. I'm very excited about this conversation. Favorite thing, one, I was also very initially scared. And then when I realized we got Brock Porter, like you said, um, it's very exciting to me of the slot day. Um, then I started looking at it pretty much what you hit on, you know, like essentially what we got is Kumar after a year system. Like that, that, that's what we got. Like the, the Mets did last year, he rehabbed. Um, he, he didn't do a lot of like actual credited statistical work, but um, I think he still got a lot of shit done. Obviously following that and uh, – they're like, all right, you know what? We're essentially going to pick up a guy this year. Um, and he's already had some work done out of college. Cool. 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 That works. Same thing with the, with the Brock thing. Um, like you said, with the money, being a first round guy in the fourth round. Um, and he's much more big with this because we could throw more money at it. We could say, hey, here's your slot value. Um, you know, we know you think you're a first rounder. We can, we can give you more money than what this slot value is. And 
there's no need for you to, you know, pull your, pull your name, cost us this and come back and try to get redraft. You're like, we're, we're good with it. Um, other thing to me that I think this year has driven this whole thing is Josh, if uh, eat Brad Miller and this Tavares, that's the biggest one to me. I think Tavares is not batting 350 plus over the last weeks and having the season that he's having and these the type prospects and players, Brad Smith or uh, Brad Miller, Josh Smith, even Eli White before the injury, like then maybe we are looking towards an outfielder. Maybe then we are looking more towards Elijah or something like that. But I think early season, they said, we have the bodies there. Um, have these people that are playing. Ideally, Josh Jung is going to be a franchise third baseman. We know that. That's what we're hoping for. Until we get there, Josh Smith is playing great at third base. Ezekiel Durand is playing great at third base. Um, if you want to really get down into it, I have a crazy hypothesis that, like, we're going to keep just re-extending Cole Calhoun on one-year deals just to be a utility outfielder. Like, he's going to be the Brett Gardner of the Texas Rangers. I don't because, hate keeping him like, around. I do. I, I, I would rather keep him around on a a year-by-year -year basis for low money and then make a move with one of these prospects if we need to in the future. Because I, I think, like, he really likes this. Like, he's got some sort of, like, a leadership role. He's batting middle lineup. Like, he's he's honestly playing, you know, some of the best baseball he's played in the last couple years. And he can play we're, – we're never going to need him to play center field. He can play either side of the outfield. He doesn't have a problem with it. I mean, he's a gritty dude. And I, I seriously think, like, we keep him – we just keep doing a year-by-year -year thing with him. It's a mutual understanding. He's like, hey, you know, I'm up in my 30s. Whatever, you know, the ski, the light's on. I still get to play ball. And I'm giving you guys something. Like, I think that was probably – from from what we know, JD, and then throw in like the like the mind that Chris Young seems to have into it. I think there was a lot of scheming from like early season when they started to see some of these prospects and utility men. They were like, you know what? Let, let let's go hit pitching this year. Let's hit pitching this year. Um, we're confident in the prospects we have. We have some older, younger utility guys that we can use in Brad Miller, Cole Calhoun. Um, we can always bring them back for, you know, pennies on all. So I think it was, that was, I was initially the same about Kumar. Like, you know, what a fuck. Um, and, you know, all the shit with the Mets last year, blah, 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 and his injury. And, um, and then started thinking about it even before the, the fourth round pick. And then we picked up, I, I wasn't even tracking that Brock was still even on the board in the ground. <laughs> like I, I had got lost in the Arkansas and all the stuff going on there and work and sleep. And, and then I was like, Whoa, hold on. And I was like, maybe there's a different, different Brock Porter in the draft. Something like that. Like I'm not thinking right. But yeah, he was like the number one pitching prospect. So yeah. I, I don't know. I'm overall, I think it's, it's one of those weird things. And I, I think that, I don't know. I think that like JD and Chris Young have this weird, like 
they just sit in the office sometimes and just like close all the doors and smoke cigar and they're like check out this weird shit we're about to do and no one's going to see it coming (laughs) like we're about to make 17 left turns a year ago who would have thought one team would have ended up with jack ladder and kumar rock you couldn't have they they were three pitching prospects in last year's draft yeah nobody would have fucking guessed that yeah Yeah. and now we're the guys with them so you couldn't you couldn't have thought that, and I, I mean that's even the shock from big baseball when, like that was all you saw was Jack Leiter and Kumar are back they're back together again you know reunited Kumar's got the so good yeah, yeah like Kumar's got the the tw- strikeout you know no hitter under his belt and I mean he's like he's a good pitcher there there was probably a lot of shit that went by the wayside yes or last year because of the draft and the entry. And it was, it's such a huge deal. Like, Oh, the number, I guess last year he was three. Cause, or yeah, he would have been the third prospect because homie had a heritage hall. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's still just crazy to just be like, Oh yeah. By the way, like we have two, two years later after they, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not like some, some magical reunited shit. Like, you know, later down the road. Yeah. Like, oh, they've both done rookie contracts and, you know, this is like they're they're both they're, about they're, to grow together yeah and i think i mean i think maybe just to get him a little bit of time we'll see kumar just like you know roll through hickory and down east but i i think he'll be in frisco real quick there's there's no reason for it not to be oh yeah i fuck it's so. july 24th i think kumar's in frisco before the year's over there's there's no reason not to be. So may take a weekend trip to go watch them with their back to back nights. Yeah, for sure. Trade, trade, trade deadline coming up. Coming up, coming up, coming up. Um yeah, we're like six games out of the fucking third wild card spot. They've hit if if we buy, they already said we're buying for the future. Um we're not getting any rentals. I don't know, and they've already hinted if it is, it'll probably be pitching. Um, we've talked about Soto off the fucking air. Um, that's been nipped in the bud. We're really not contenders on that. Um, I was the one of the three that was kind of on board with it if it happened. But at the same time, I am not upset with it not happening because we are rolling in the right direction. We got so many pieces working so well. Um, we don't need him. I was just the one that wasn't upset if we got him. Granted, it was going to cost a lot, but dude's a fucking freak. But that's been nipped in the bud. We're not going to pursue him. They're already saying that. Um, if we do, we're buying. If we're buying at all, we're buying for pitching for the future. So, really, I don't even know if that happens, but let's lean towards what is more realistic. Um, the one that blows my mind is Martin Perez is an all-star, having a great fucking year. He's a free agent at the end of the year. They're already saying we're trying to talk extension with him. And that doesn't make any sense to me. He's like a 10-year vet, low 30s. He's just now, like, 
having the year of his life. Like, he doesn't have much more after this. And we've actually seen it the past couple of times. He's having a great start today. But the past couple of starts for the All-Star break, he's kind of fell off. Like, his value is fucking high. Right now is the time to deal him. I would so, if it's if it's if it's me, I'm dealing after this fucking game before his next start. Because I don't want him to drop. But we're talking about extending him. He's not, he's granted, he's been our ace this year. He's been fucking phenomenal. But that's not a guy to rely on year in, year out. It's taken him this long to hit this peak. It's not gonna, it's not gonna last. So why not trade him to a contender that needs an extra arm? And go get go get an extra arm in return that's almost big league ready where next year, the year after, when we get all those guys we just talked about going, whether this prospect we get in return as a starter ends up a reliever, a closer, go get somebody to help us in the future. Martin Perez, I may fucking crow, but I'm 99% confident that I will not, that – Martin Perez is not going to be a key factor when we are pushing for a World Series championship. So why not right now, while he has some value, go get somebody in return? But we're talking extension, and then and then we're saying that we don't even have extension talks. We haven't found a common ground. Yeah, I don't think there's a common ground. Like, my thing, the extension makes sense to about one to two years. I think any, anything past two years, I'm with you. Doesn't really make sense extending. Um, and they have him kind of just be that kind of gap for these young guys to come in, right? I mean, you have somebody else a little bit more experienced. You got a tenure veteran, you know, who's seen a lot on the mound. You know, kind of keep that in your rotation. Have him be, you know, pitching third or whatever, right? Like having three in the rotation, that's fine. Um, if, if we go get the ace, keep Sunny you know, Gray the ace, keep in, in that we get this off season. Yeah, Martin Perez, and you got the young guys coming up. But yeah, if you're talking about like long term deal for Perez. It, it, like, to me, you have to know what Perez is looking for before you decide to trade him. And so if you haven't had those extension talks, then you got to get rid of him, right? But if it's cheap. If, if, it's if it's cheap. I'm even okay if it's not cheap, but short. You know what I mean? Like, like if you're talking one or two years, at eh, $5 million a year. You know, like, so don't hate that. I don't love it either, though. No, but, not, but, but this is the one year in his career he's really been a five million dollar pitcher. Yeah, and and like after ten years, we really think he's just going to get better. So I mean, if we get him cheap, like hey, and okay, I'll I'll give five million the max. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm not giving you six million a year. There's no fucking way. No, but I'm saying like, like we have to have the talks to find out if that's. If that's even entertainable. Because my thing is, if he's if he's if he's talking, he wants five years. If he, but, like to me, if he says he's looking for five years, like we're trading him. If he says he's looking for six or seven million a year, we're trading him. Like I mean, my thing is, like you have to have a starting point. But hey, where are you at? So, like, no, I'm okay not having the extension talks. That's fine. Like as far as like, let's not bring to the table a bunch of, of different contracts. But, like, let me know. Let me just fill you out a little bit and see what you're looking for. And and my thing is, if he's looking for six or seven million a year on a five-year deal or whatever, like, yeah, you got to trade him. And, and you got to trade him, you know, for – and you have to be willing to take a little bit less for him too because you're not going to – like, you're going to get nothing for him and he's a UFA anyway, right? Exactly. So, even if you can just pick – so, like, if, if you know an extension is not possible or an extension seems kind of absurd, you know, then 
you got you got to get you got to get rid of them. There's no there's no point. I guess we're not far out of the wild card, but it's it's not not looking good for us. Exactly. We've lost against like every game against the Orioles. We're, we're losing the A's. <laughs> like, which the Orioles might be the best team in the AL East right now, but <laughs> it's just it's just hard to lose the Orioles. They get swept by the Orioles and just be like, oh yeah, no, we're in the right direction. It's just, yeah, hard. exactly. It's hard for both things to happen. Like, are we really going to go in and beat the Astros in a seven-game series, beat the Yankees in a seven-game series? Like, is that literally going to fucking happen? <laughs> All the stars better be aligned. I mean, are we okay just getting the playoffs? I mean, like, like, is it worth getting to the playoffs, right? Because, like, Fuck in no. hockey in hockey terms and in NFL terms, getting to playoffs is – a lot, you know, like that's, that's the goal, you know what I mean? Because once you get there, anything can happen, game changes, like, it's, you know, it's a whole new, new ball game. And to me, baseball is even more like that because the postseason is nothing like the regular season. Yeah. If we can sneak into a wild card and get a good pitching matchup or have Garcia go off, you know, on another random play or have another ninth inning comeback like we've seen to do often. Like if we can get it, or find ourselves in that position to start getting kind of deep into the playoffs, then that may be worth it. As far as like, again, I still don't know how I feel about buying right now. You know, I'm, but, I'm like, out you know, on buying, but they've mentioned it, right? Which, which, like I said, they've mentioned buying for the future. They're not buying a guy just to be a rental for this year, right? But I, I'm I'm out on buying at all because we we have the money this offseason to spend. So why the fuck would we give up prospects to buy somebody? Then we're going to have to extend. Why not it's, go after It really is if you're trying to get in the playoffs, right? Like if, you, if you think six games out of the wild card, you have a chance of getting to the playoffs, which if we catch a streak like Seattle's on, we're not far away. You know, like it's, right. it's likely. Um, if we can start winning two – Two out of the, you know, two, or two games of these three game series we have coming up. We're on a like four month road trip right now, but like, you know, by the time, like, if we can come home at 500 and we, have, we get back home at 500, well, you know, I feel like it's a little different story. And, and you're going to need Perez for that push. And then you maybe risk not trying to get the future prospect because, you know, we, you know, of course, like my thing is if we're not sitting at 500 by the trade deadline, you got to sell them. You have there's to. nothing to salvage for the year, and there's nothing to worry. I mean, there's just and if his extensions are, if he's talking too much money for extensions, you just gotta get rid of him. But if he, if he wants to take a team deal, and if he likes it here, you know, in Dallas, yeah, if it's team friendly, it makes sense. Yeah, but if it's not team friendly, it's gotta at be all, a short term. It's gotta be short term extensions. I don't, I don't, I don't like anything more than three years. I don't like anything at three years. Like, if it's not team friendly, I don't want to make it to the. I don't want to make it to the end of the year. Like, fuck it, offseason. Yeah. Like, you got to be dealt. You have some value. Give me something in return because we are maybe lucky next year, but two, three years from being a legit fucking powerhouse, a contender. Like, give me something that's going to help me actually solidify us being a World Series champion contender. Because this year, granted, I would love to make the playoffs. That's awesome. You never know what happened happen with playoffs. But are we really – baseball's fucking wild. The sports are wild. It could happen. But it's obviously – odds are not in our favor to actually go win this year. Right. 
So fucking build, sell, get something in return where in two, three years, maybe even next year, we actually have a damn good chance of going and competing. So if it's not team friendly, like you said, you got to fucking trade him. Yeah. If not, we talked about it. You're going to end up with a fucking Klingberg situation where, granted, I didn't want to trade him. But at the same time, if you're not going to re-sign him, get something to build on later. But, again, in, in the Stars case, we didn't trade Klingberg and we made the playoffs because of it. Like, to me, I think uh, – to me, I don't see this – I don't see the Stars in the playoffs this year without – if we dealt Klingberg. Right. At the trade. I mean, regardless of the pieces that we get, we got for him, um, I think we would have made the playoffs. And my thing is that if we didn't make the playoffs, we wouldn't see Ottinger in his prime. Right. But, like, that playoff series against Calgary that should not have went seven, that every, that every single sports writer in America and Canada – shows to be done most of them in five and the rest in six never supposed to go to game seven and to watch the performances that that L. Jakey had against one of the best forwards in the in in the league and Kachuk and you know just 60 saves a game like like you don't you don't get that performance unless you're in the playoffs right. you don't get you don't get that glimpse of greatness unless you're in the playoffs and so right. like you have to get there to see that, and baseball is different. I get it. Is, it like, is. It's, just, it's a lot different because it's still the same. You're, but it sucks because back. we're we're really not a fucking contender at all. And so, why the hell would we even ride this thing out when we know he has value? Yeah. Like we know we're at minimum next year, but we're probably two to three years out from really. We're two years out from from really contending. So why not take that piece that you can get from Perez that's going to help you build and really make you even stronger at that point? I just – I do not – and I, I've had a lot of faith in John Daniels for years. I'm one of the few that has rode with him when he's got a lot of fucking slander. Um Chris has been phenomenal since he's been there. But I'm on board with him. Like, I've had a lot of faith in him. This is, like, the first time, really, that I'm like, why? Why are we even trying to do this? I just don't understand it. Like, he's, he's, he's older. He's not going to get better. So why not get a piece, let him go compete for a World Series title? Why not get a piece in return that's going to help us in a year or two or three, really go help us go win. That's the only thing I do not fucking understand. Unless Perez is like some fucking god or something all of a sudden. No. <laughs> I just don't fucking get it. Um... Matt Moore, got to be gone. Um, got to get return on that. But, I mean, that's that's the main two that's going to be on the selling block. And you never know. Baseball is wild. Well, sports are wild, but baseball is definitely wild. Trade deadline, it's always exciting. You never know what the hell is going to happen. Yeah. 
So, I mean, fuck, we could see somebody else go and we not be prepared for it. But if y'all got any more trade talk, that's that's about all I had on that. Was Moore's got to be gone, and, and the Perez shit is just blowing my mind. Yeah, I mean, we got to deal him, or uh, or get a team friendly deal and spend the options. I just I just don't see us being a I just don't see us being a five hundred with the trade deadline. No, so. like I said, it's got to be team friendly. If it's not team friendly. You got to fucking get rid of him. Um. I'll go to that. My Texas Heat, it's it's Chris Young and John Daniels because of that literally in itself. Um, if it's not team-friendly, you got to get rid of Perez. Like, you can't just ride that out. He has too much value right now to help us build for the future in a couple years. Like, you have to get rid of him. So, J.D. and C.Y., that's, that's my Texas Heat this week. Me, uh, I'm probably gonna go uh, a little off the cuff just because we're talking about warming it up. Um, a lot of hype around him, uh, just spice it up. I'm gonna go, uh, Zeke, he's had two bad years, um, relative to him. So, uh, we got football around the corner. There's a lot of talk about how he's down, he's the best weight he's ever been. Um, Still has the most rushing yards since 2013, and he wasn't even drafted until three years later. So <laughs> um, it's definitely a, definitely a performer. He's been well below par the last two years. We started start working towards football, and um, it's a real low-key type hot seat. Let's see how OTAs and stuff go with him. See if – I mean – what every Cowboys fan wants to know, like see if he's going to live up to anywhere close to this contract thing that we, you know, sold the whole farm for. So. Yeah. We all begged them not to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah my, uh, my Texas heat's got to be Jim Nill. Of course, talks about it in the stars. Uh, section portion. Um, we got to get, like I said, I, I think the deals will come for Robo and Andrew, but uh, we got to, <clears throat> gotta get those deals happening, gotta figure out the Klingberg situation and uh we gotta we gotta feel better going into you know this preseason which is also right around the corner <laughs> and to just feel like we have the right pieces in place. Um having another defensive coach hire, it's uh, it's gonna be a hard sell for this fan base when you have such young studs it, for forwards. You know, we have so many, so many scoring stars um in, down down on the Texas Stars down in the OHL that like are just you know a, a lot of the prospects we have coming up that are very very good and very offensive minded and to hire another defensive coach is that's a, that's a hard sell you know so it's, it's you got to see that that pan out now the bright side is DeBoer's first year with a new team is always his best year so <laughs> and then uh, see what happens but yeah we, we gotta get those contracts them figured out and uh Got to have this uh, this coaching hire work out for oh, yeah. Jim Neal. Is that your is that your own star too? Is for Moore's first hot year? <laughs> yeah, that's my own star. My own star is the Moore's first year because he's always the best. Uh, we'll we'll make it. We'll probably make it to the Stanley Cup Finals this year, and then 
next three years, we'll struggle to make the playoffs, and then we'll get rid of him, and by then all our talent will age out, and we'll start a rebuild. So it's really exciting. <laughs> we know <laughs> the future. For the first year. Yeah, we know the future. But, yes, for uh, the old uh, Lone Star, it's got to be DeBoer's first year because it's always always stellar when he comes in. So I like it. That's good for us. Um, I'm going to go Josh Smith. Man, he's, he's a fucking gamer. Uh, See, that's why I like – so I love Cole Calhoun right there. Yeah. Yes. And I was I was actually about to hit on that because Josh Smith is such a gamer. He doesn't have that veteran like name tag to him yet, like Cole does, but they both have that grit. They both play balls of the wall. They don't give a shit where they go. We know Josh Jones is gonna be our third baseman. Josh Smith is gonna be a big leader. He's gonna be our left fielder eventually. Like we know what's gonna happen. Um like don't be shocked if that's our opening day left fielder next year because Josh Smith wants to be on the field, and he fucking plays lights out. He's not a big power guy, but he does his job to get on base. He's a hell of a defender. So he reminds me a lot of a Cole Calhoun who, granted, Cole's left-handed in the outfield. Josh has been a shortstop his whole life, but he's going to be a left fielder. He doesn't have a spot in the infield but he's going to be a key piece to this team. So he has that grit to him, plays balls to the wall. He's going to lay his fucking body out. Like he's going to go 110% every chance he gets, just like Cole does. And I love him being around Cole because you know Cole and him are having those conversations. Like, hey, these are the times, like, you may reel it back. You don't reel it back often, but this might be the time. But Cole is training this kid to be a fucking – the epitome of a baseball player. Like, that's just what he is. You look up the definition of a fucking ball player. Cole Calhoun, Josh Smith, those are the guys you will think of. Josh Smith will be thought of a Cole Calhoun one day. He's not hitting 40 bombs a year, but he's playing 110% day in, day out. He's been a shortstop his whole life. He's going to end up being our starting left builder. Just because he wants to contribute, he wants to play, he wants to win. And I cannot fucking wait. This dude plays balls to the wall constantly. Just gives us his all. And my fucking Texas Heat, fucking Chris and JD, thanks for that trade last year with Joey. Because that was phenomenal. But Josh Schmidt is my fucking lone star. Because this dude is a straight baller. Yeah. I'm stick to the same narrative like uh prospectus type guys leote man he's we talked about it last time he came up he went back down chris it's nothing personal like he still needs some time next time we bring him up we want it to be the last time we don't we don't want to keep shipping him back and forth blah 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 uh he the i mean chris, he, the old chris davis treatment yeah bring, bring him up for 10 days set him down yeah for 10 days. yeah <laughs> Yeah, and so he worked out the kinks. I mean, he's in the last what ten games he's batting after today almost four hundred, like three ninety eight. He's three like starting days like three twenty six on the season. So, is he staying? Are we going to build a franchise around him? No, probably not. But uh, I mean, he's he's a pivotal part of what we're doing over the next two years. So, and the fact, like, if he keeps performing like this, then, yeah, we're, I mean, we're going to be, he's going to get solid minutes. He's going to be able, 
at the very least to use us to improve his own stock, which is probably what a lot of these younger guys are going to do. Like we, we hope we hold on to Josh Smith. Um, and then, you know, Josh Jung staying, uh, Ezekiel Duran, um, even, I mean, we've talked about the, you know, Jonah Heim is doing that right now. If, if something works out in the future and we decide not to keep Jonah Heim, like he's been using us as a building block for his own stock. So, uh, that that's actually, you know, a key part of baseball. Like we, we talk about that. We hit on it sometimes. So that's where I think Leody's heading. Um, I think it's great. Um, just doing, I mean, we're not, we're not going to contend this year, but it, at least it's not out of the deal. Right. Good for him. Cause we've seen him, we've seen him up and down like three times now. And it's, it's been frustrating. Like last time he was up, he was batting low hundreds, like, you know, his plate, his plate appearances, he wasn't, he was pitches. Uh, and now he's just completely turned that around. So shout out to him. I like it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, shit. We will see y'all next week unless we got something to wrap up. But I think we pretty much covered it all. Got it all. Back on schedule. Yeah, next week is yeah, that was a wow. good good recap of the full hiatus. Yeah, yeah. next week it'll be just week of events. Oh yeah, we're just getting started, like we always said. Fucking, you got ideas, thoughts, questions? Shoot them our way. Social media is run all of them. Uh, we'll hit them. So appreciate the love. We'll see y'all next week. Shit, I don't even know where the fucking stop recording is.